Welcome to Talking Pest Management. In this podcast, you get to know experts around the world in the pest control industry. Today, Daniel talks to Hakan Kielberg, the CTO of Antisemex. Daniel and Hakan talk about COVID-19 and its impact on our industry. Hakan also shares his insights about the Swedish pest control industry and the impact around the world. Enjoy! Hakan Kjellberg, Antisemex Sweden. Welcome to the show. Hakan, good to have you. Good to be here. <laughs> Hakan, how did you and your company experience the COVID-19 crisis? How did it hit you, not only in Sweden, but also internationally? Uh, from Antisemex perspective, we, we were hit, like from since we're a worldwide company, we were hit on, on several occasions. It started out very much in, in Asia and then moved further west came to to europe and uh, we had uh, huge problems uh, our, our countries were very affected was it both italy and spain in the early days uh, and from my perspectives in sitting in sweden we had a lot of people uh, tourists actually went down to italy during the first like most Uh, hectic times and that was also perhaps a risk or, or uh, uh, explanation why like Stockholm area was a lot of uh, cases of COVID-19 early on uh, but we have been and later on it's been in the US market they have have the lockdowns from New York and down so I mean we have been affected in a very much same way as everybody else we were taken by surprise uh, as I think everybody else was so Uh, but it has to be like stay as normal as you can in a very unnormal times. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would really like to know. You know, we we started our discussion a bit before we hit the record button about disinfection, and I think if 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 we're looking at LinkedIn, if we're looking at Pest Magazine, if we're looking at what people do in Italy, in Spain, in America, in China, we see people disinfecting like crazy. Um, what do you, your business, uh, think about disinfection, uh, or is this question maybe uh, uh, has pl does it have plenty of answers because you're a multinational company? It, it do have plenty of uh, answers because we have different cultures all around the world, yeah. and we are uh, we, we're seeing this from uh, different points of view. Uh, so, from a Scandinavian perspective, there's not been a market or driven by the markets. Uh, the disinfection services because it's it's not common culture to do that. Uh, it's just they have been very very uh, strong in the message uh, from the authorities around in Scandinavia. Said uh, the routine, the regular cleaning and routine disinfection of everyday like daily work. That's the most important. And stay home if you're sick and so on. Mm. But we can see from from pictures from our company and uh, that the Other companies or countries has have a, had a totally different approach to disinfection and have done it in large scale. Mm -hmm. They have also been uh, more affected by the COVID-19 uh, by death tolls and, and so mm -hmm. on. So understandable. I think the the we have seen it from different uh, side of uh, different side of the story. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. We we already found found out that um, uh, you know com- countries like Scandinavia uh, or Germany, maybe Austria, Switzerland, it accounts for them as well, have been rather defensive or you know not. I think culturally, uh, not a lot of businesses or people do see disinfection with you know machines and fogging machines and not just the tiny hand sprays, but really machinery where you disinfect like whole buses or. I don't know, schools or governmental buildings, food industry. It's very, what is very, very common, let's say in US American or Asian or maybe Israeli uh, countries is not in our areas. It's quite interesting, isn't it? I mean, um, I think it it will probably make a lot of sense to uh, regularly disinfect. Uh, We just had a discussion about that. And maybe you want to elaborate a little bit about um, your opinion on that matter. No, but as you're right, Daniel, a lot of the the routines and that the routine cleaning and routine disinfection of services that's something that should be done very extremely frequent when we talk about COVID nineteen and to to prevent the disease from spreading mm-hmm. and that has been commu- communicated from our authorities and uh, like in the hospital sector and so on so th- but they are doing it I mean you can imagine the the a, a doctor or a nurse meeting an infecting person. They start. They start just by washing their hands, like for five minutes. They they use the hand disinfection uh, uh, products. They they, drape, they they dress up and they they do everything they can to be proactive and preventative. Mm. And after the the patient has left the room, the the examination room, they do exactly the same again. I mean they. They start cleaning and they start doing the the, uh, the process all over again, and that has been repeated from every single day, every single patient, and so on. And that that is what I see is the most. I mean, that's the disinfection how it should be, a combination with cleaning and disinfection. Uh, and for from a preventative uh, perspective, I think it's important to do it at the higher frequency than than before and then sometimes you can do this uh, more of disinfection if someone is rather uh, scared or afraid of the the COVID-19 and and perhaps you're uh, starting up your business again after has been been in a lockdown for for several weeks Mm -hmm. that it's I think it's there's a great need for doing a one-off treatment with disinfection services totally agree yeah i think it has a lot to do not only with uh let's say the virus and how much does it make sense uh from a you know virology standpoint but um also in terms of um of security you know and transporting uh, security and transparency to your uh, employees to your staff but also to your uh, clients so they have some sort of uh, security to re-enter facilities again right yeah, and uh, I mean we can see differences all around the, the world in, in yes. how we have been handling this situation, both by using disinfection products or, or not in a large scale. But we can also remember, like remember sometimes that there, there has been dramatic uh, differences in how many people that has mm. been affected. Mm. I mean Sweden is still. I mean, even if someone uh, around the world, no, no names, but say this is a horrible example of how to handle uh, the COVID-19 situation, we can see 
other countries. Of course, they have more inhabitants than Sweden, but still they have large numbers of affected people. In percent. And then, yeah, yeah, in percent. Yeah, and that, that's, that's also, I mean, how would you react if you were the, the boss of a, a, a president or, or prime minister in, or someone is running the show and saying, what will your next step or move be if you don't have all the facts on the table? Mm-hmm. Could it be like that? Yeah, we can see the numbers are increasing. Uh, what can we do for, for stopping it or an action we, we do think can be of great success, but we don't know yet. But are you willing to uh, not do it or are you willing to take a chance? Yeah. I think we can see a lot of brave uh, persons out there and we've also seen a lot of persons have not been as brave. 100% agree. I also want to take account of uh, what you said earlier, which I found really, really interesting. And I would like uh, to ask you to explain it a little bit further, although it's, it's, it seems uh, probably obvious, is uh, what you said is uh, pests do not care about COVID-19. Uh, which no, are- they, no, they're not. I say it could be actually a, an increase of pests because of, of, if people are not getting to work and do what they normally do for, for a living, yeah. Uh, suddenly, we have some some uh, areas in the society where where pests can like proliferate and and just expand. Uh, they can use uh, this. We can see it from a daily life. We, we see reports of dolphins uh, like uh, swimming into the the harbor of Venice. We, we can see other uh, wild animals are like claiming back to streets in some parts of of the world and so on. So. Why shouldn't rats, why shouldn't birds or pest birds or, or yes. do the same thing? I mean, they are, they are they're living together with us humans uh, all the time. And, and suddenly we were like more in-house. We were not disturbing them as much as we did before. So why, sh- why shouldn't they, the number of pests actually grow and expand? Obviously, and and you also mentioned a couple of examples, uh, um, you know, the, the the face of pest control and how it's being recognized by, um, let's say, our culture in every single country around the world. Um, you know, the face of pest control might be uh, changing because we're dealing with things like zoonosis, uh, with rodents, with cockroaches, with birds and mosquitoes every day. And uh, yeah, I would like your opinion on that one as well. Yeah, I mean, we were all taken by surprise sort of COVID-19, but as I, early on, as we stated that our pest control industry is dealing with sometimes even more hazardous things when it comes to the, like viruses and microorganisms related to rats or birds yeah. that we face on a daily basis. We, we look into bait stations, we, we look into remove dead bodies of, of dead rodents, we, we, uh, like removing bird poo from, from uh, buildings and so on. And those things are actually containing a lot of what we call uh, hazardous waste or, or uh, viruses and, and bacteria and so on. Oh, you so, can all just continue, no worries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we were, I mean, we were uh, early on say this is just normal business for us. We need to continue and, and face that we have, uh, we are dealing with risk every single day of pest control. 
So this is just adding a new format to it or adding a new factor to it. 100% agreed, yeah. For me personally, you know, as you know, this channel, this interview series or podcasts uh, for, for us means really giving pest control a, fa a face, you know, with the people from the industry, but also yeah. uh, um, changing our reputation. Uh, for us, it's really important. As SIPA also quoted, the good pest manager, yeah. uh, we want to make pest control and the, the reception of it really more professional. I think that really pays into that, um, let's say, branding of our sector uh, so much more because... I don't know, I imagine you had a small coffee shop or some hip place or t-shirt brand. It's probably not the best time to be in business right now, but uh, us pesties, uh, maybe a little bit uh, effect for some people, you know, some people think it's, it's disgusting what we do, but uh, I'm really proud about what we do and you just, uh, you know, with what you said, I think uh, uh, it really comes to the surface that what we do is inherent to our society and human health. Yeah, now I totally agree with you. I mean, people look at pests from, you can look at it from different angles. Uh, I, I choose my angle and say that pests are, are related to our health. In a, a, like, so if we're not handling pests in a good way, uh, it could be a health perspective from misusing pesticides or biocides. It could be also letting them thrive, like letting pests within your your uh, apartment or building and, and have been, been like affected by their presence because they are spreading. We know that uh, the cockroaches spread to allergic diseases or, or allergic substances. We, we have rodents running from uh, dirty to, to clean surfaces, spreading salmonosis and leptospirosis. We have the birds around us. We have the mosquitoes in some areas. So, so I mean, it's a matter of, like, if you want to be really, really passionate about it, you can say it's a matter of life and death. Yes. I think so, too. Our sector is named pest control. Um, that comes from the pest, obviously, that has been there once. Uh, it's, it's so long ago that we really can't imagine it nowadays anymore, what the pest really, how the pest really affected our globe, but it was crazy and the pest still is active in countries like Madagascar for instance and I think a global pandemic um, although it's a virus it's tiny we can't see it is comparable to what we do on a daily basis so I think um, you know what we're doing and the importance of it also being recognized as key industry was you know really good for our sector in my honest opinion I hope it will thrive and continue did you Swedes, uh, use, uh, uh, the, the Swedish country, did it uh, account you guys for a key industry from the beginning? No, a bit, again, they were a little bit reluctant to, to identify because we have like 290 communes, which is like a yeah. regional government, so to say, or really, uh, and you had to describe your own business in a way that you, you are seen as someone that needs to be in the society even if we have rough times uh, so we had we just did a, our own analysis and, and said yes uh, me and my my, uh, my colleagues and our uh, president said of course we are a, a company that provides services that needs to be ongoing even if we have COVID-19 so we, we were just writing a, a letter to everyone that really asked for a letter uh, but uh, we have not so far i don't think we have uh, actually been like have, a, have had any problems with, with that so 
we continue uh, our business. Uh, and did you, may I ask, did your suddenly did your strategy uh, in Sweden or in any other country um, change at all? Um, I mean, it's probably a very tough question to ask because you're a multinational business. But uh, I think in some countries you probably did a 180 and focused on yeah. disinfection. In some other countries, business as usual. But overall, yeah, I, I think we 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 were a little bit. Uh, on, in, in different parts of the world, so we we changed a little bit of the uh, took the took the opportunity and also did a very good job in in, in providing the the market with the service they were asking for. Uh, so we on that basis, yes, we did. Uh, in some other parts, like slow growing Scandinavia or more laid back Scandinavia, perhaps we didn't uh, see we didn't managed to to create a market uh, because the demand was quite low but at the same time we we, we looked at the future and see what, what can we do what what is the next step uh, how should we uh, communicate pests uh, uh, from a new angle or do we need to promote it from a new angle mm -hmm. or should we just continue to talk about pests related to illness and sickness and and, and viruses and so on uh, and the damage they can cause because nobody wants to be uh, opportunistic and create populism right just making money out of a virus with fear is just you know, crazy. And I think nobody in our industry really wants to do that. But how do you sensibly, uh, sensibly uh, use um, the platforms that we have to engage with our community and client network and inform them because they know we have to do with bacteria and viruses every day. I think it's, yeah. it's quite a balance act really, right? Yeah, it is. And we would like to term like knowing, not guessing. And that's something we use for pests in general, but yeah. It also comes down to, to COVID-19 and, and what do we know and, and what are we guessing? Yeah. Uh, so so we, we try to provide uh, our customers uh, a lot with a lot of facts. And they yeah. were asking, uh, we were giving them the, what we knew uh, about the COVID-19 and how to react. So we did the early on when, when the regulation said so, so we helped our customers to deal with a little bit of, of being supportive when it came to the risk assessment because they were like aiming for the food industry or restaurants and specials uh, especially mm. uh, because they were if you are to be open you have to do something to to reduce risk of, of your guests catching or spreading the COVID-19 so we were part of uh, some of our customers helped them out with mm. identifying the risk by saying where are your lines of, of, of guests where, where are they lining up uh, do you see any like patterns in that one so we, we actually helped them in, in doing that cool. uh, and also a lot of trainings we had a webinars for customers uh, just providing what we knew about it and how to uh, to handle it uh, so I think we in a very traditional Latinx Scandinavian way provided a lot of facts Mm -hmm. The customer had to make their own uh, decisions and, and yeah. assumptions.
We just had a very philosoph uh, philosophical kind of uh, intro to our discussion uh, when we said, or when you said, which is also one of your company's slogans, knowing, not guessing, uh, which yeah. I really like because we said, you know, numbers and figures and information are always retrospective. So looking back at the past, and then you have to be brave, as you indicated yeah. earlier with the political uh, heads of our nations. Uh, you have to be brave to take a step further into the future, assume what's going to lay in the future, what makes sense on a probability scale, and then move ahead further. I know Antisimax is um, using a lot of uh, smart devices, digital devices and uh, digital traps, digital monitors, whatever. And uh, knowing, not guessing comes from that digital experience of yours. So how does that strategy change, grow, decrease during COVID-19? Well, we've been asked by some of our customers, how can we help them? If they close down, for example, how can we monitoring yeah. uh, their premises without even being there? And we said, yes, we have smart. We can do it from a distance. We can, we can set up a, a monitoring system that helps you to identify uh, something if, if like rodents are moving around your premises and you're not present. Uh, so we had uh, like small packages or, or solutions for, for customers like that that were really concerned and saw us as a, a partner, really partner in, in doing that. And it was, it was big multi-international multi companies that asked for, for that one. So yeah. I think the, uh, the smart, Antisemic smart portfolio there is uh, like, or, or the concept of, of monitoring online is absolutely something for in, in this time of, of COVID-19 because we don't have to be there. We re reduce our risk for our own employees uh, not being there, uh, but we can also monitoring the pests uh, regularly uh, uh, and, and just take action when, when needed, when the threshold is about what's accepted. Yeah, and I think you, in your annual report, your CEO, uh, Yal, and also, by the way, of your uh, main competitor, Rent-A-Kill, Andy Ransoms, uh, the CEO, um, highlighted that, uh, um, you know, smart or digital is going to be one of the key investments of your businesses for the upcoming years. And now, new news, by the way, of Rent-A-Kill also uh, reached us, uh, where Andy Ransom committed uh, that, or communicated that um, mergers and acquisitions is, is slowing down or deceasing completely for the yep. moment now. So I think when you're um, um, trying to go, grow with uh, capital to increase your turnover by mergers and acquisitions, when this is stopping, I think there is a logical next step uh, uh, growing your business with uh, incremental sales and incremental new technologies like smart um, yeah. connect or whatever it's named so I think that's what you just said is really complementing to how the big players in the market are, are uh, yeah I think yeah, I think it goes for the whole pest control industry is how, yeah. to, how to develop your existing customers because we know that pests can be uh, there's always a way or almost always a way to, to develop an existing customers because you have the confidence you have the you have the connections you have everything in place already so how can you use that knowledge and use your connections in in, in creating a better day both for for your customers say your point of view and for for yourself yeah so one of my questions that i think a lot of people are interested to learn more about would also be 
how did you guys change your work system? I mean, you're working from home right now. Many people, yeah. uh, of course, field staff, sales uh, can't really too much work from home. Technical staff needs to go out and perform pest control uh, where there is no smart devices installed. Yeah. How did, does, did the remote situation uh, change your business and the way you guys work and, and the team effects and you know everything? Yeah, and we have been uh, like uh, advised by by our authorities. So if you can do your home uh, work from home, you should do that. And some are uh, our business can be done from home without any problems. So like I and my colleagues, we are a, a group of specialists uh, dealing with food safety, fire protection, pests all day long. So we 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 work from home, connected by by Skype or any other office Teams or whatever it is. Uh, we have done, uh, apart from regular like meetings and, and work meetings, we have had uh, uh, celebrated one person's uh, my employee's birthday. We have <laughs> done uh, like we have had uh, breakfast meetings and so on. So, and I know other persons in within Nantes they have like have that ordinary coffee stop at <laughs> like fifteen hundred hours in the afternoon to just turn on the Skype and, and sit down with a cup of coffee. So, so I think we are managed in a good way. Uh, Sweden has, has also a very good uh, uh, infrastructure when it comes to good connectivity. Uh, so we have not seen any problems in, in being connected via Skype or sharing files or whatever. So there was a little bit of uh, like problematic in the beginning before the companies providing the services realized that, oh, people are really using our services. But I can see it has been a lot more stable since, like, looking back five weeks. Mm. Yeah, I agree. It's always, you know, COVID-19 wasn't to be expected. And then when you have to scale your video communications tool or messaging tool or, you know, scrum uh, task management tool or whatever yeah. from... Today to next week, it's it's really, it's yeah. really really hard and challenging. Yeah, yeah. So um, we have also like done a lot of webinars uh, as yeah. I mentioned before, uh, and that has also been very. I mean, people have really enjoyed it. So customers have uh, like signed up for mm -hmm. it and just yeah to part. Yeah, I think so too. And honestly, I mean, we're living in 2020, and I said it earlier in another video. Uh, in 1914, Henry Ford introduced the eight-hour work week, and we have still not changed. Although we have these yeah. smartphones and these uh, smart thingies that let us work from all around the world very efficiently. So I think yeah. I personally stand for a world that is called meritocracy, where it's really a meritocracy means it, you're, it's it's measured due to efficiency and not to hours you spend at a place. Uh, because the average worker works three hours per day, the average. Yeah. Uh, so let's just work efficiently and measure our efficiency in, instead of uh, the hours we put in, right? Now, I would like to see, like, if you look at from a perspective, if we look back six months from now yeah. and say, what, what, or even one year from now, and say, what changes did we make during the COVID-19 that still exists? Uh, some of them can be perhaps using mm. these video meetings more widely than used before. Uh, perhaps uh, washing your hands has been uh, like a, a mm. 
more of like common and you, how to wash your hands. So I think it, it would be interesting to see what will be the long-lasting effects of yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is uh, if if you're going to find time, uh, we're gonna um, have some guests that we're gonna try to speak to every two or three months. So I really would yeah. like to revisit that topic with you. Another yeah, three bring months. it back. Yeah. Um, last but not least, Hakan. I mean, this is a wild guess here, but what do you think? How do you think the virus and everything that's happening with the, with the financial crisis is uh, affecting our industry? Not only the multinationals that have already uh, put out profit warnings for their, you know, stocks and private equities, yeah. but also the the small, uh, mid-sized company, one, two, three, ten, fifteen, twenty, fifty employees. I can see. I can see a big difference in different types of businesses. I know the. The, the hotel industry, they will have a hard time in, in coming back to, to normal again, I think, because they just overnight, they, they just lost everything. Yeah. Uh, and then you had, uh, from Swedish perspective, we have continuously, we have had some uh, food establishments ongoing. So they will not be, I mean, of course, people are not being, uh, present because they have lost a lot of customers but still they have done some of, of they have provided some services uh, so I, but also we can like some of our customers have have a very explosion when it comes to selling services or like in the food sector like food yeah so the, so I, I i think we can see different segments uh, having hard time to get back than others mm -hmm. but of course we have been affected uh, everyone there's no single person that has not been affected i think mm -hmm. uh, and it, it will take time uh, before every everything is back to normal if it ever gets back to normal yes last but not least did you read the study that was uh, some scientists in, in france examined whether cockroaches car can carry covid19 as a zoonosis and you know spread it further as mm. i read the title of it i was like oh my god this is going to be the new pest if that really yeah. happens but unfortunately yeah. it was uh, said that or proven that it they, they no, can't uh, I haven't read it, but but I I mean we know that pests are like they're living right around us, and everything we carry they can carry. Yeah. And the the the, the thousand or one dollar million dollar question is if if the virus can can it survive within the body of a cockroach or any other pest, uh, as with other other microorganisms and. And that may be become a reservoir or, or something like transporting the diseases to new areas, or even like can it mutate and become something even worse? Yeah, that's a million dollar question. Yeah. Welcome. We're going to revisit all of that in two to three months. For now, thank you yes. so much for your time. Thank you. If you liked this episode, don't forget to follow us on Spotify and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And talk to you next time. Mm -hmm.